there are many skillful means that can be used to, to help center the attention here in the, the present reality. The posture of the body, the rhythm of the breathing. You can also use what is called the inner sound, nada, in the Sanskrit word for it. Also called listening to the sound of silence or inner listening. If we bring attention to the faculty of hearing, perhaps this is familiar to many people, to others not so familiar, but for most people, if you pay attention to the faculty of hearing, in the background of the sounds of the room, my voice, you can discern a continuous, high-pitched, ringing tone, like a white noise. Continuously, ever-present, in the background of the, the world of hearing. Some people find this difficult to discern. For other people, it's really loud and intrusive. For some, it's more experienced as a, a quality of vibration, an energy in the body, kind of tingling in the skin or the fingers within the, the body's energy system. Others might experience it as a Oscillation, the shimmering of the visual field, a vibration of the, the world of sight. But for the majority of people, this inner vibration, this energetic presence is most easily discerned in the realm of sound. So we use terms like inner listening or the sound of silence. Now this inner sound can be used as both a, a way of developing concentration, focus of attention, also as a support for insight, for open awareness. If you bring attention to this inner sound, we're not trying to figure out what it is or make it do anything. One of the advantages of using this as a meditation object is that it doesn't respond to personal will. Unlike the breath or the posture, you can choose to sit or stand, walk, lie down. You can choose to breathe in or breathe out, hold our breath, breathe in a deep way or a shallow way. The inner sound, the nada, doesn't respond to any personal will or choice. You can pay attention to it or not, but any kind of uh, personal will 
does not have any effect. I can't choose to make it louder or quieter or do anything with it. So like the force of gravity, it's just present. If we notice it, here it is, constant, present, discernible, but not personal. So it's felt here, known here, but there's no personal quality to it. So in that respect, it's very helpful as a meditation object and a representation of of Dhamma, the natural order. Now one can use the inner sound as a an alternative to say the the rhythm of the breathing as a way to help support concentration. Choosing to put attention onto this inner sound. Take that as a focus for attention. We wish to develop the the faculty of concentration. We can just choose to lay aside interest, engagement with any other object, with other sensations in the body, or thoughts, or ideas, memories. Disengaging with the visual field, just to focus on that inner sound. To use it as a point to exclude everything else. One of the advantages of using the inner sound as a focal point, the center of attention, is that it has a natural energizing quality. The more you pay attention to it, the brighter the mind gets, generally, for most people, as a, as a positive feedback loop. The more you concentrate on it, the easier it is to concentrate the more energy, more brightness there is in the system. Sometimes one can discern as you pay more attention to the inner sound. Sometimes you can discern different frequencies or different levels low frequency, high frequency, like a, different instruments in an orchestra. The deep low sounds or the high sharp sounds. So in this respect, if you feel there's a, a number of different tones one, could, one can discern, it's generally more helpful to focus on the the higher frequencies. This helps to keep the mind brighter, clearer. We can also use the inner sound as a support for the open quality of awareness itself, rather than using it to be a point which excludes everything else. We can let it be a background, like right now, as I'm talking, 
I'm hearing it in the background of my own speech. Ever-present, beginningless, endless, subtle. And we can use that background as a way of helping to keep perspective on all of the, the thoughts and feelings, other perceptions that arise in the foreground. So just as I can hear my own words and the nada sound is going on in the background, as we develop the quality of open awareness, paying attention to the process of experiencing, watching, knowing the arising, changing, passing of, of all moods and feelings, perceptions, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, and having the, the inner sound as a backdrop, as a screen against which all other perceptions are projected. It has a way of helping the mind to not get so entangled, to remember, this is just a word, this is just a sensation, this is just a memory. This is the imagination creating a form, an idea. So it helps to sustain that quality of context. Every emotion is a, me a mental event. Every intention, every action, these are mental events known here in the sphere of this awareness. So Lumpur Sumedha would call this, this quality uh, uh, the point which includes. So the, the mind is paying attention to the present. It's one-pointed. But that point includes everything in the experiential field. The point which includes. It's a very broad point. If we develop this quality of inner listening, paying attention to the nada sound, then it's not just accessible here in the temple when we're sitting still, but as we get up and the body moves outside, doing walking meditation, even engaged in everyday activities, eating, brushing our teeth, moving around, tidying our room. The nada sound is always there in the background. So it can be that same kind of a reminder, bring the same kind of context to all action, speech, engagement. Whether there's seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, imagining, remembering. It's easier to know these as patterns of experience, shapes of the world arising, doing their thing, dissolving. They're kept in a context. They're known as they actually are. This is the mind's representation of the world. This is a powerful and 
liberating insight. Whether each of us experiences moment by moment is not the world, either the world outside or the world inside. What is experienced is our mind's representation of the world. I can say I'm speaking and you can say uh, I hear the sound of the Ajahn's voice. But you're hearing your mind's recreation of that. The sound enters the ear, vibrates the eardrum, nerve impulses go down the auditory nerve into the brain, and then the auditory cortex of the brain creates speech. The forms of consciousness, hearing consciousness, that represent, ideally match the, the sound of what I'm saying. If you can't hear clearly, we don't understand the English words, then your brain makes its best guess. Takes the few pieces that it can discern, puts them together in a hopefully meaningful form. Just like when the light is dim or we can't see clearly without our glasses. The visual cortex puts together a best guess of what's there in the dim light. Is it a tree or a person? What is that? But what we experience is our mind making a best guess and creating a representation of the world. That's what we all experience, moment by moment. And when there's an appreciation of this, the fabricated, formed, empty nature of, of experience, then things have a shape, but no essence, no substance. There's a sound, a form, a taste, but there's no core, no essence. When the Buddha was speaking about the empty nature of the five khandhas, he said the rupa, the body, is like a lump of foam floating on the river. There's a shape, but no essence. Vedana, sensation, feeling, is like a water bubble. When rain falls onto a pond and creates a bubble for a moment, there's a round shape, but no essence. Perception, like a mirage, a shimmering image in the desert. Sankara, like the, the leaves of a banana plant, or like a leek or an onion, all leaf and no, no trunk. There's appearance, but no essence. And discriminative consciousness, vijnana, like a conjuring trick, a magical trick. There's an appearance of something magical being done, it's a trick, an illusion. There's no real magic there. So developing the inner listening, paying attention to the presence of the inner sound, can sustain this recognition of the empty nature, the sunyata, the emptiness of the five khandhas, the body, 
world of form, feeling, perception, mental formations, consciousness. But it also brings with it the intuition of the suchness, the tatata. It's like this, the as-isness, the thisness. It's this way, in this moment. These two, these qualities, emptiness and suchness, sunyata, tatata, they function together as a pair. As the Buddha said, to say nothing exists is one extreme, to say everything exists is the other extreme. Sunyata conveys the empty nature of, of all things, all experience. Tatata communicates the suchness. Here it is, this moment. It's exactly this way. And when those two qualities are balanced and the heart is attuned to the patterning of things, how the world of experience, it all functions according to the laws of nature, to the laws of conditionality, idapachayata, the shapes that take form in sound, feeling, thought, memory, emotion, those shapes relate to each other and transform according to the laws of causality, cause and effect, the laws of nature. There's that presence, they are such, but they're also empty. Tatata and sunyata. Using the inner listening, to the degree that one can discern that inner sound or feel that inner vibration. This is a way that this balanced view, the view of the middle way, can be sustained. As the Buddha said in his advice to Kachana, everything exists as one extreme, nothing exists as the other extreme. The Tathagata teaches the Dhamma by the middle way. It is with ignorance as condition that formations come to be. With formations as condition, consciousness comes to be. And so on, through the cycle of dependent origination. This might be a lot of words or subtle concepts to understand or to get a feel for. But as we practice, we can use this process, this capacity for inner listening to get to know how those qualities work together. Emptiness and suchness. Sunya, empty. Tata, such. Getting a feel, a direct appreciation, realization of how those qualities work together. And finding that mysterious middle way that's not just halfway between the two, but is the point where they both emanate from. Being that middle, 
that middleness. This is the practice. If we find that it's impossible to notice any kind of inner sound or inner vibration, you don't know what this might be referring to, then just leave that aside. Use other methods for developing a focus of attention, for supporting a quality of awareness. But for those who are able to discern this, this inner sound, this universal vibration, Take it and use it. It's a, a helpful friend, a valuable companion and skillful means along the way. <laughs>